This is Behold, a VBC podcast. Our goal is to examine biblical truth that will better equip you to behold the glory of the Lord more fully in your daily life. I'm Sean Helch, and I'm joined by Dan Gillette and Jason Moog. We each serve in different roles at Valley Bible Church. Without further ado, here is the Behold podcast. Okay, welcome back to another week on the Behold podcast. As you guys heard, this is Sean and Dan and the one and only Jason Moog. Say hi, guys. Hello. Hello, everyone. It's good to be with you all today. Uh, We hope that whatever you're doing, whether you're driving or doing homework or whatever you're doing in your workplace, that, yeah, you're just excited to, to dive into some of God's truth today, this morning, this afternoon, whenever it is. Before we get going with uh, Sunday's message, you know, we thought it would be good to just to stop and, and take a second to address some of what's going on in the world. You know, I know this has been a crazy year and just the, the punches keep coming, it feels like. Right now, there's two big situations going on that, that we should just address. You know, one of them is the, the coronavirus uh, situation in India. You know, if you haven't heard about that, they're just being hit really hard and millions and millions of people are being affected in, in a really terrible way. And so... Uh, yeah, we just want to be lifting them up and, and praying for them as they go through this hard, hard uh, time. And then the other thing is, I'm sure you've seen in in the news outlets and social media or whatnot, just this terrible conflict going on in Israel, right? Between Israel and the, and the Palestinians. And this is close to my heart because my mom lives in Israel. You know, she's lived in Jerusalem for the last eight years. And yeah, it's just a scary and very tense time. And you know, we're not going to get super into it because this is such a, a big, huge issue, right? Millions and millions of people are being affected in all different kinds of ways. And so no matter where you stand as far as like Gaza versus Israel, all that kind of stuff, the one thing that for sure we need to do, no matter who you are, if you call yourself a follower of Christ, we need to pray, right? And Jason, yeah. give us a little pointer of how we should be praying. Yeah, I was. we were talking about this earlier and we were talking actually how much to discuss this. And since that's not the purpose of this podcast, at least for this episode— um, we thought, well, we we landed on the prayer, and so I was, I, I said, you know, we definitely, when we, what should we pray for? Sometimes when we don't know, we I want to anchor us to what we do know, and so we know that God calls to pray for to be peacemakers and to pray for peace. Um, he calls us salt and light, and so part of being salt is is praying for peace, helping to preserve a culture in a peaceful way, and. Um, and then to pray for life. So those are the two things that we pray for that with with confidence on this, regardless of how we feel about the subject. Even though we know that it's been prophesied there there is going to be times of war, there is going to be famine and and illness and sicknesses. Um, we still he's still the mandate is for us to be people that persevere by praying for peace and praying for life, and then asking ourselves how how each day we are partnering with that kind of prayer. So am I being a peacemaker in the way that I talk about these things? Am I being someone that that fights for life? Um, so anyway, praying those in that lane, in that vein. Yeah, and so as you're thinking about these, you know, huge issues uh, today, tomorrow, in the coming days and weeks, just have those things in your heart and mind. Be praying for them in that context of just an end to conflict, an end to suffering, and for peace in life. And so Dan's gonna do that right now as he prays for um, those issues. Okay, beholders, join us uh, in your heart. Just um, pray alongside us. Good Father, we just we thank you for just this um, this promise that we see all throughout Scripture that you are sovereign over all, and that you know these things that are heavy on our hearts as we read the news and we see these images online and we see the videos and we think about just the the suffering and the loss of life and our hearts are broken. God, we we know that um you're grieved too by 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 sin and hate and um by by human suffering and, and loss of life. God, that that's something that um saddens you as well. But we also trust, Lord, that you are there's nothing that happens that that is is outside of your purview, God. You are um, you're on top of all of this and you have plans and purposes that we cannot see. And God, you also, um, you are, we know this from, from your word too, that um, God, you, uh, you kind of uh, allow us to make our own choices. And 
God, the we see in these in these conflicts, God, just the the sinful choices of man, and Lord, that is an opportunity uh, for Your glory to be revealed as well. Just as we see our brokenness, we we see the the death that um, our sin brings. It's an opportunity for us to turn to You and to receive eternal life. And and so, Lord, we just keep these things in mind as we as we pray. We, we ask, God, that you would just give us your heart um, towards um, this conflict in Israel and give us your heart towards the, the suffering that is seen in India. Um, and God, just help us to develop uh, godly attitudes about um, the issues and the suffering like we talked about. There's no easy answers to any of this stuff, and um, it's so layered and loaded and, and complicated but God, just help us to see things the way you see things. Give us godly wisdom about these issues. Lord, we pray for um, just for the the end to this, this conflict, this particular conflict. God, we pray for peace. We pray for ceasefire. We pray for um, just protection of, of innocent life. And God, we ask that you would just bring an end to um, not only this conflict, but, but God, just also this... <laughs> this virus that, that we've seen just take so much. God, would you um, allow your people um, in these regions to just to be strengthened, to, to be protected and to rise up and, and be the front lines of, of, of sacrificial love. And God, that there would just be this, this clear light shining in the darkness. Uh, and I pray that your gospel would, would, would go forth, that your kingdom would expand, um, even, even into, you know, um, God, people that, uh, that are, are, are worshiping false gods or, or caught up in, in false religions. God, would you break through, um, as, as a result of, of these catastrophic things happening, would you just break through and grab a hold of their hearts? And may we just see revival and, um, may your church just grow and flourish. We, we pray also, Lord, we know in India that many, many pastors and um, and teachers and seminary students and leaders in the church uh, have 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 died as a result of this this um, current outbreak. And so, Lord, would you just raise up other leaders and faithful men and women of God who can um, care for your church and fill that that void? God, we pray for comfort and peace for all who have lost loved ones, God, would you just be so near and close to them and just help us as a church family to continue to be faithful, um, you know, watchmen, to be faithful, uh, to to stay alert and to pray. And Spirit of God, would you just um, enable us to do that more and more effectively? Yep. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thanks, Dan. Um, and yeah, yeah, guys, just again, as you're, you know, processing all of this on a daily basis, just be reminded that that every situation like this that the world encounters is an opportunity for us to be a light for Jesus, right? So just think about that. You know, as you engage with some of these conversations, as you maybe post stuff on social media or whatever, you know, how is what you're doing different than everything else? You know, how is your post different than the rest of the buzz? And, you know, I like thinking about Isaiah 32, about how the effect of righteousness is quietness, it's the same word for calmness, and, and trust forever. So how are you in the way you're talking about it, the way you're praying about it, the way that you're posting about it, demonstrating that you have a calmness and stillness and you have a trust forever in our King who overcomes. Amen? Man, that's so good. It's so good. Like we we need to, I mean, I think that's probably one of the indictments that maybe as we look back historically on how the church has handled ourselves this last year is like, man, are we, are we different? Do we look different than the world? You know, are we acting as if we have hope or are we just, you know, are we spinning or floundering or stressing, you know? And so, man, just remember church, we have hope. And so when, when we interact with these things and we, we deal with all this, um, man, let's not do it like the world does. Amen. Well, we could probably end the podcast right yeah, there. Huh? Mic drop, <laughs> mic drop. Yeah, we will talk a little bit. I won't go too long, but we'll talk a little bit just about some of the stuff from Sunday. Um, so just maybe get us launched here. Jason, what was your favorite part of the sermon on Sunday? <laughs> oh, put you mm, on the spot, dude. Man, it was so good. Touched my heart. Thank you, Nate Barrett, if you're listening. Uh, you know, actually, I do have a favorite part. 
Um, I, I'll tell you why Sean said that in a moment, why it's funny, uh, those of you listening. But my favorite part is the fact that Autumn and Natalie both talked about their encouraging parts in the, in the sermon uh-huh. and what stood out to them, and which means they're listening and Autumn's taking it in. And they had some big takeaways. They huh? had some takeaways. That's they were cool. encouraged by Nate. Uh, the reason I had to listen to them is I wasn't in the service, either one of them. <gasps> you were, at, you were at the crossing faithfully, campus. You were not goofing off. You were faithfully leading our Encounter VBC uh, class or hangout or whatever you guys want to call that. So, which I heard was was pretty awesome, by the way. Yeah, we had. If you haven't been, those of you listening, if you've been with us for a long time at this church, come to one of our Encounter VBCs. They're um, periodically throughout the year. We give ample notice and uh, first or second service, and we walk through some of the the distinctives of our church. Why does our church have a leadership this way? Why do we, how do we handle certain things? What are our, what are our core values? And let you ask Q and A questions, or I guess that's what it means. Have Q and A time. So um, yeah, that's what I was doing. So uh, that makes it unique in terms of how I respond to the topics that we're talking about today. Tell them what we're thinking about that. Yeah. So we, our idea was kind of like, since Jason missed it a little bit um, and Sean heard this two weeks ago at the Altamont we we could kind of we were going to take Jason kind of through it as if he was he was hearing it for the first time, which I think would be kind of a fun way to do it because maybe there maybe some of you beholders maybe you missed and you weren't there and perhaps it will encourage all of us who did miss to go back and listen or watch uh, at VBC online. So, um, well, and really quick, can I jump in? And please. it helps us to think through when we do hear a great a sermon or a teaching or a class. We don't want to hoard that. We want to be givers of what we're learning. And so, like, how is Dan and Sean going to, like, having listened to something like this, then, you know, talk with a coworker or a neighbor or a friend about something that stood out to them? Certainly probably not in this much detail, but what kind of things do they recap? And so I'm I'm feeling I'm that guy. I like that. I yeah, like yeah. that. You're that guy. I love it. Yeah. Well, this week's uh, topic and theme, you know, is I don't want to say it's simple, but it is a simple idea is that. Like Jason just said, when we learn something, we want to do something with it, right? And in the same way, if if we love and trust Jesus and have been loved by him, then there's an action in response to that, right? And the one that we focus on on Sunday is love and specifically loyal love and what that looks like. And if you haven't heard of it, there's this dude, right? It's called Onesiphorus. That's his name, right? O- Onesiphorus or something. Yeah, I feel like even Nate. Onesiphorus. I think he kind of botched it a little bit. He said it different different times, which I think we should come up with a little nickname. What if we, what if we just called him, uh, I don't know, like uh, is, is Oni cool or, or, uh, or big O could we call him big O big O's weird. I feel like Paul probably <laughs> may have called him Oni. You never know. I like Oni. What do you think, Jay? Let's do it. Yeah. So anyways, you know, Paul's talking about the people who have cared for him, you know, and first he calls out, does a little spit and flames at some people that didn't love him who rejected him. <laughs> Shots fired. Shots fired. Uh, but then he talks about how Oni did love him and, and the different aspects of what that looks like. And I think specifically one of the things, probably the main things that we're going to talk about right now is how does Christian love, right? How does Christ-like brotherly love differentiate itself from what the world calls love? You know, what are the things and the different aspects that make it identifiable that, whoa, this dude, the love he's giving me is different than what the world gives me. Dan, what do you think about that? Well, it's so important too, I think, especially now because we're in a culture right now that is so hungry to know the answer to that question. What is actually love? And we're in a culture too that that if we don't make it clear what the biblical definition is, they're happy to to fill in the blank. They're happy to to take that vacuum and then define love however they want to. And and I love how Nate brought us to First John chapter 3, verse 16. He says, this is actually how we know what love is, because Jesus gave his life for us. And, and we ought to do the same thing for our family, for our brothers. And so in that, we see this, this very crucial aspect to biblical love is it's, it's, it's my life for your life. It's a sacrificial giving of oneself. That, that is actually how we know what love is. And, you know, Jesus said like you, the, the world should know that you belong to me because they're seeing this kind of love. Right. And so 
just maybe that's the first thing we kind of we, we kind of can talk about. You know, Jason is he was talking about this this um, I don't know that like following this pattern of of giving your life away basically mm-hmm. to others, and that that is what godly love is all about. And so, um, yeah, m- maybe we talk about that first, Jason. What what are your some thoughts well, that, on that? I, I mean, I, again, I I think just what you're saying is helping me think through. Um, this you said the phrase is, is this kind of love, yeah, and and it just it reminds me. Well, I think we've talked about on this podcast before that the Bible mentions at least in the time period that Jesus is teaching in first century Palestine, like at least a handful, maybe five different types of love. You, some of you might have heard them: storge love, um, phileo love, eros love. Um, so then, and then this agape love is another one. So it's like fam, fam, family love. There's a type of love that we experience between family members. A type of eros has to do with romantic or erotic love. Um, well, you would have been proud too because phileo he, love. Did he hit that? Did he hit some of those? Did, yeah, he talked about that 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 chesed that you talked oh, about. The that, covenant keeping, the love. covenant keeping love. So yeah. Nate talked about that on Sunday. That that the, this kind of love that Jesus is talking about is is a reference to to God keeping his promises, you know, and that he, it's not a, it's not based on performance or feeling or, yep, yep. or, um, you know, how, how well you're doing, how, how, how well he's doing, you know, it's, it's, it's like, I'm going to do this and it's a disposition. It, yeah. Yeah, exactly. yeah. And a decision. Yeah. That's great. So he that's so that. good because the, the, in the, I'm looking at the first John three sixteen here, um, that love, I just remember from when we taught on it, um, is the agape love, which is the Greek word for the hesed love. Nate mentioned hesed. That's the Hebrew Old Testament. It's called hesed. New Testament, agape, but same type of love. And it's saying that basically God is saying, I have a love that's different than all the loves you're used to experiencing on this, on you know, amongst one another as, as humans. And I want to model that love, show that love, and then I'm going to teach you how to how to how to express that love with one another. See, that's the key. They too, he, like, how do we show that love? So, yeah. so that's so, good. This is where my mind goes as you guys are talking. So we keep, keep going. Keep going. Yeah. It. Well, I, I love Dan that you brought up just that like culturally right now we're in a place where people are kind of like hyper-focused on the idea of love, which I think it's why it's really important for us to define the terms, you know, like it's important for us as Christians to be able to understand and then communicate that when we're talking about love and those five types of love that, that Jason just mentioned, we're not talking about the same thing as you. You know, when you when you hear these these phrases all the time thrown out there, you know, live love laugh or love is love, you know. They're they're yeah. not talking about the same thing that we're talking about and so that's why it it's I think it'll be insightful today to talk about what that looks like in terms of brotherly uh, loyal persistent love. So yeah. then Paul kind of gives an explanation of that. You know, he describes the way that that Oni loved him. And it's kind of cool cuz it I was surprised a little bit with just how much Nate pulled out of this because reading through it, you wouldn't really think about it that deeply. But as he's talking about Oni, uh, starting in verse 16, he says, May the Lord grant mercy to the household of Oni, for he often refreshed me. And we don't. I think a lot of us wouldn't stop and think, oh, what does that refreshing look like? What does it look like to, to refresh your brother? But no, like Paul is saying that, no, he, he did receive a, a soothing and refreshing care from Oni as he was suffering. Mm. And do we often seek to do that? You know, like if we see our suffering brothers and sisters, is that our response to, to want to refresh them? What do you guys think? Well, this, that was so huge for me. I mean, cause all of a sudden, and I talked to a lot of different people who had the same kind of experience, but all of a sudden I just started thinking about just name after name, after name, person, after person, after person that has, has been that way to me, you know, in, in a variety of, of, of ways. And, and it's so cool too, because everybody does it in their own kind of manner, according to their own giftings and resources and personalities. Right. So I'll just give a couple of shout outs. You know, I was, oh boy. Um, I was, and I, it was cool because I, I felt compelled even, I think, by the Spirit to, like, send some texts to people or go up to people after the service and just say, like, hey, this is how you have refreshed me. You know, Nate talked about it's it's like it's like a, a nice, you know, glass of, like, ice-cold lemonade after you've been working in the hot sun all day. You know, it's just kind of like just, uh, you know. And so just want to give a shout-out to um, our two uh, Valley Bible Worship interns, Brooke Thielen and Alex Johnson, and just – over the course, especially of this COVID era, 
man, they have just been such faithful partners in ministry with us and have gone above and beyond and just given so much of their time. And, and not only that, you know, they, they know when to be silly and, and, you know, and joke, you know, the other day I was walking around, turned the corner and, you know, Brooke mm-hmm. jumps out and yeah, the coffee goes flying and, you know, or, or, or just even in our, in our meetings together where we study scripture or we're, we're talking about things that are um, going on in their life and praying together. And it's just, you know, it's so the, the, those two, and I told them on Sunday that they ha- are just constant sources of, re- you know, refreshing to me. Um, and I could just go down the line and anyway, it's just, it was really cool to to think about that, but you know, for Nate was saying like, think about this isn't just a very narrow, specific kind of partnership or refreshing or care. Um, like he he called it a soothing care, but it can look so many different ways. You know, depending on what your vibe is, depending on what your um, you know, what you can think of creatively. It could be uh, having someone over for dinner. You know, it could be saying an encouraging note. It could be just. Uh, giving physical help to someone, you know, coming over to help them with their garden or to pick up groceries for them. You know, it could be, uh, doing, taking someone like out to do something fun that just needs a break, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, there's so many different things. That's what I loved about it. There's so many different ways that this can happen, you know, between brothers and sisters in the family of God. And, um, it was cool on, for, on Sunday for me to just kind of think through some of those ways and, um, and really be, it was encouraging for me. Did uh did he can I ask did he explain did he tell say what the Greek word is for uh or the definition for refreshed me I I, I don't know it I just yeah, was no, curious was, that, that's, is that's that why what, he got the word soothe Yeah yeah that's where he got he got that kind of um that whole like a glass of whatever cold a cold drink on a hot day mm. that kind of a thing mm. You know what else he did which which you just reminded me of is he talked about um this, this mercy thing as, as really being, um, really better translated love, which I thought was kind of cool as well. I don't know if you remember that, Sean. Um, it gets hard because we're not on the same exact week. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, He might've said something a a couple weeks ago that he didn't say it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I just looked up the word, that word in the Greek. It's, I see where he got it. That's good. It means to breathe cool, to cool off or relieve someone. Yeah. Yeah, almost the idea of bolstering them and give someone a breathing space, refresh them. Yeah, that's awesome. Wow. Cool. Uh, yeah, and it's not what kind of what we want to be. I want. I would love to have that reputation. Yeah, amongst my friends, like or my family, that when Jason shows up, that's typical. Like he He's doesn't bring he doesn't bring air. it down. Yeah, yeah, it's like a positive thing to be. I don't know if I'm there yet, but man, I would love that. That's a good thing for us to aspire to. Yeah, well, I think like part of that too is just like, like I was just talking to someone this morning who is dealing with a, a drama situation in their friendship. Drama, you know? drama, 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 and I think it's related. Yeah. You know, I think that as we think about those people we can identify who are like such a, a breath of fresh air in our lives, oftentimes there's an inverse relationship. They're the people that, that want the least to deal with drama, you know, and they just truly, their their heart and their intent is they love you and they want you to know that you're loved kind of thing. So be thinking about that yeah. in your own friendships. Like how are you pursuing that? How can you grow in that? Are you digging into to drama that you don't need to, you know, and, mm, and yeah. whatnot? Um which is okay. So then moving, moving on, I thought this one was so interesting to think about again with current times. Apropos. Apropos. Segue. Uh, <laughs> throw back there. So Paul says, not only was he refreshing to him, but he says that he had a commitment to, to love Paul in the face of social pressure. That's, that's Nate's words. And in the second half of verse 16, he says that, Oni was not ashamed of Paul's chains. You know, those of you who knows Paul's history know that he was a prisoner for the Lord. And I can only imagine, even now, when we talk to people and they have a criminal history, there's certain social pressures involved with that. But I think in our context, there's so many other types of social pressures that we can apply this to. You know, especially now, like we were just talking about Dan and Jason, about how culture seems to be moving more and more towards uh, maybe persecution to the church for our beliefs mm-hmm. and biblical truth and whatnot. And so it's totally realistic to, to expect and consider a, a place where you in, in light of your friendships 
could be facing more social pressure for standing upon the truth of Jesus. And then when that time comes, who are the friends going to be that are committed to loving you regardless? You know, that they're, they're willing to risk whatever that looks like. They're, they're, they'll risk the idea of getting canceled to love you as their friend. Isn't that interesting mm. to think about in these times? More yeah. than interesting. Oh, I, think yeah. It's, yeah, I think it's crucial and important. And, and it definitely, I would, I would bet that not a lot of us have been faced with that kind of a choice yet, but I think we would be foolish to, if we thought, you know, if we didn't expect it to come soon and man, I just love that. It's cool that, that Paul makes it, you know, it's not necessarily about him. He's saying like, you know, I'm, I'm in chains because of the gospel for the sake of, of God. And, 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 and even Paul, uh, Nate referenced, uh, you know, Romans chapter one, that I'm not ashamed of, of the gospel, Paul says, because I know it's the power of God, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I think sometimes we need to just remember our our union, because this whole thing about loyal love is our union with Christ produces that same kind of loyal love. And so as we're expressing that to each other and living that out in the context of our Christian family, um, we need to understand where our union and our loyalty like stems from, right? It's, it's, from, it's, it's because of the gospel and because the gospel is revealing the power of God. And so that's what allows us to stand, to, to, to stay loyal to each other, even in the, in the face of, of social pressure. Yeah. 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 I just, I think about even people in my own life over the years, and I think a lot of us have encountered this kind of situation where there's situations that come up or there's a specific person that comes up and maybe they're like, I don't want to say quote unquote fringy, but you know what I mean? People are kind of on the outskirts or not as socially, you know, normal as everyone else. And it's just so easy. The easy option is to just dismiss those people. You know, the easy yeah. option is to yeah. let them be fringe people and kind of go about doing your own thing because it's socially easier. But man, that's so unchristlike. You know, I love that you just said that, Dan, because... If, 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 if Jesus loved us that way, oh my gosh, we'd be in trouble guys. Cause we're all in, in light of, in light of the glory of Jesus, we're all fringe people, right? We're all broken mm. sinners and we all need him. And man, I just, it, it makes my heart sad thinking about the times that maybe I've done that or I've seen people do that. And especially man, like, like you said, just moving forward, it has to come from our own love and trust in Jesus. And just like we've been saying the last couple of weeks on the podcast, like, are you willing to get canceled for your faith? Well, are you willing to get canceled for someone else's faith, you know, and your love of their <laughs> yeah. faith? Well, I think sometimes we, it's like self-preservation, you know, or we distance ourselves. Like if someone's getting buried on the internet, you know, for, for, uh, you know, a take that they have about whatever. And, and you're just like, Oh, I don't want to get caught up in that disaster. Like I don't know this person, you know, <laughs> whatever. Um, I, re- I remember when I first started coming around VBC and I started to get to know Tim. And at that time, he was kind of the most intense, like Jesus follower that I'd ever really met, mm-hmm. you know? And and I'm like, whoa, this is like someone who's like actually like living this stuff out, you know? Because I grew up in the church. And and obviously, you know, I think I had my own hangups of where I didn't see. There was people that were doing it, like my parents or whatever, but I just was, I was too like stupid to notice it or whatever. But for whatever reason, Tim was the first person that I noticed, like, this dude's, like, on fire, and he's, like, going for it. And I remember uh, being, like, a little sheepish to, like, bring him around my friends at that time, you know? Like, kind of like, well, I don't know. Like, I don't want to necessarily be associated with, I don't know, that guy's kind of intense, you know? And I think these 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 guys that Paul puts on blast in, in uh, 2 Timothy 15, I think that's probably some of their mindset. It's like things got too intense for them and they, they're like, I don't want to be, yeah, I don't want to be associated with that. Like I'm out, you know? Yeah. And um, I don't know. I, I think that's a very real pressure that we have to, we have to prepare ourselves for, you know, to face. We don't want to, we don't want our love to be um, fickle. We want our love to be loyal. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, and man, we, we've even, even seen that, you know, people have, I'm not going to name names, obviously, but people have left Valley Bible church because we, in their perspectives, are too committed to some biblical truths, things like homosexual marriage and things like that. And man, it just breaks your heart, you know, that that people are in that space where they're they're concerned more about 
our church's reaction to social pressure than just what Jesus said, you know, and mm-hmm. what that looks like. Anyways, all to say, don't be a popcorn bag holder. Like Dan said, don't watch the fight. <laughs> Loyal love towards your brothers in the midst of social hardships, which I think leads in really well to the next point that Paul talks about with Oni is just this idea of persistence, of relentlessness uh, in your love and pursuit of people. You know, he says that when he arrived in Rome, Oni searched for him earnestly and he found him. Like he went out and found him and searched for him. And I think we all can identify those friends who like, they're probably putting in more of the effort and the friendship that we are. They're relentless and they're, they're, they're care for us kind of thing. Hmm. But really like that's, that should be a picture of all Christian relationships, right? Yeah. I think of the, 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 I love that he says persistent in their compassion, right? Um, which you would think is is loyal love is love just a diff, another word or is compassion just another word for love, and I think compassion is an expression of this type of love, and it really helped me. I think I, I think I've said it on this podcast before, and I hope it helps you guys if you if you haven't heard it. That, that just this quick walkthrough of of compassion it's changed me every time I see the word compassion. I no longer just think of it as a nice thing or being kind to someone or being showing a certain type of love. I always think of the. Uh, this this acronym P S E C P S E C and I know that's hard to remember, but because uh, it doesn't spell anything, right? <laughs> Maybe we gotta <laughs> but but it's it's pity, sympathy, empathy, compassion. Pity, sympathy, ep- empathy, compassion, and they all look different. Pity uh, says sees someone in a situation and says, "Oh man, that stinks for them. I'm I would want to be there. Like I pity their situation or I pity their what they're going through." Sympathy is the next level. It says man, I can remember when I've been in situations like that and you take a moment to sympathize with that. Or maybe you've never, ever been in that situation, but you know what it's like to be afraid or you know what it's like to feel anxious. But you've never felt anxious about what they're feeling about, but you know, oh man, I, re- I remember, I know what it's like to feel anxious. So I, I sympathize with that. But empathy goes to the next level and it doesn't just think about how you in the past have felt that way. You try to put them yourselves in their shoes. Like how... I wonder how she's feeling or he's feeling that way. Or like, what's it like to be them in this moment, this trial that they're going through. So it's like a different level. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. So pity, then sympathy, then empathy, but compassion is like a whole nother level and compassion. That's why it's used so much connected to Jesus, the compassion of Jesus, because it requires that we act on it. It's like, I not only pity them, uh, man stinks for them or in that, in that situation. I not only have, Sympathy, I know what it's like to be there. Um, I don't have emp- I not only have empathy, which says I want to feel for what it's like, what I can assume it's like for him or her, but now I have compassion. I'm going to act. I'm going to do something about this. I'm going to pray about it. And you guys have mentioned that already. Like I'm going to act on. It. I'm going to encourage them, text them, call them, give money to this, whatever I'm going to do. I'm going to act on this. And that's really what you're seeing in verse 17 here. You know what it sounds like Nate pointed out, which is this this guy arrived in Rome and he, he, well, he went to Rome and then he earnestly searched for Paul and then found he was acting on that. He was showing compassion. And I think that you can't have Christ-like love. You can't have this loyal love without it being connected to compassion. We're going to act in some way. And so now I don't see compassion when I see the word as just like this, you know, it's a nice thing or it's another form of love or it's another expression of love. No, it's, it's love that acts, which means sometimes it, it causes us to sacrifice. I can't, I can't act and give time here and give time also in these yeah. other five areas. So I'm sacrificing something. Yeah. Well, it's like, it's what you're saying is it's pass. It's not passive. It's active. Right. So, so many times we, maybe we just live life like we're waiting for somebody to come across our path who is in need of, of some assistance or compassion. Yeah. And I think especially now because we're, we're still a little socially distanced and, Things aren't all the way back yet. Uh, you gotta, you, you can't do that really. You gotta go, you gotta go out there searching and looking and you have to have your radar up and, and ask God for eyes to see and ears to hear so that you, you're aware of what the, what the needs are. Yeah. Yeah. And ready to act. Yeah. So, I mean, I, you know, I think about me, you guys listening today, the, where do you fall in that spectrum? Are you someone that typically 
some, some, we can't do always have compassion for every single thing. So it's okay to have, God created these concepts of that. We can feel pity for someone. We can feel sympathy. We can feel empathy. We can feel compassion or we can express compassion. But I don't want to always be a someone that just lands on the pity part, you know, or the sympathy part, you know, or I want to be so like, you know, I, I've taught on this subject before and I've had people come up afterwards saying, man, it really messed with me because I thought about a week later and I'm always, I'm a sympathetic, empathetic person, but I don't typically act on it. So I always kind of stay there, which would be fine, except for the fact that Jesus asked us to go to the next level often, you know, in his love. And so it just causes us to to think. So maybe... Because you can't do everything. That's the other thing. You can't. Right? You so, can't. So how, how, do you, how do you navigate that, Sean? Like, how do you... How do you stay persistent with compassion, but don't get like, you know, completely bombarded and and squashed under the pressure because there's so much need in the yeah, world. Yeah, and I was gonna say like, I think all of us who are living in the Bay Area to some degree or another are juggling this idea of just like our capacity or our time, and we've talked a lot about that on the podcast recently. Bandwidth and yeah, your bandwidth. Um, and so I I don't think the 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 correct challenge is you need to be having persistent compassion with every single person in your life on a daily basis, that kind of thing. Of course, if we had all the time in the world, maybe in heaven, that'll be the case, you know? But until then, I think that maybe the, the more like poignant question is just, are you doing this in any relationship in your life? You know, mm-hmm. is there any friendship that you are specifically and intentionally pointing to this person with compassion, you know? Because all of us have the capacity for that. Maybe not to do it with 20 people, but every single one of us have the capacity through Christ. We just can't not have that capacity if you trust Christ to do this with someone in your life. And so then the question is, if you're not, why not? And I think it'll probably, if you do some deeper digging and reflection and prayer, go to Dan's point of, well, what's what's your view towards Christ's compassion towards you? You know? Where's your heart at with that? Where's your where's your your perspective and your joy and all those kinds of things? Because I think it's pretty hard. Uh, you guys can can tune into this, but I think it's hard when you're in a good place regarding your heart towards Jesus and your heart towards God as Abba Father to not naturally do some of these things towards the people you care about and His people. You know, it's hard to be in a good place and not have it be a natural outpouring of God's investing in your own heart. So, anyways, all to mm-hmm. say. That's my question for you is, are you intentionally pouring out compassion towards anyone in your life? And if not, uh, time to do some, some prayer. Yeah. And that was one of the things that Nate really, really hit home hard. And it was very, very encouraging and, and challenging is just the the context in which these things are being written in, you know, in first, in the first century, like Palestine in that er- in that area, it, it, the the concept of of family, the concept of even brother and sister, is a deeper connection than what we put on it. You know, based on our Western model, right? That there is there is a much stronger connection and loyalty, um, and and care, and love that brothers and sisters you know experienced culturally in that time. And so when he then turns, you know, to uh, followers of Christ and says, Hey, you're, I want you to love each other like brothers and sisters. It carried a different kind of weight than I think it does to our Western ears. And so I I think that's really, really important to, to understand that because we're united with Christ and we're in this family of God, this household of God, our, our compassion towards each other, we should be operating on, you know, on a, on a, on a different level, on a deeper level. And, and it kind of really leads in my mind to, to what he said next, like loyal love is about desiring to please Jesus. And, and it talks about, you know, this, um, in, in Matthew 25, like, Hey, uh, I, I was hungry. You gave me food. I was thirsty. You gave me drink. I was a stranger. You welcomed me in. I didn't have anything to wear. You clothed me. I was sick. You visited me. I was in prison. You came to me. And then Jesus says, anyone who, who, who did this to the, to, to one of the least of these brothers. It's just like you did it to me, you know? And so that was one of the things that, you know, I think we should talk about is, is all of this kind of loyal love that we're supposed to be expressing in the household of God and modeling in the world. It's really just ultimately about loving Jesus and reflecting his love back to, to, to him. You know, what what do you guys think about that? No, absolutely. Because I, you already, you kind of already touched on this, and now you're expanding on it. It's just where's 
where's the loyalty lie? If we're talking about loyal love, where's the what's the object of the loyalty? You know, and it's got to be Christ, right? And this is what you're saying. And I think that that's if you get off, if you take it, take him out and put it, you by by default will put something else in. We're always loyal to something, um, and so I think part of, part of like practicing this type of love and compassion is being faithful to what you're saying, Dan, is like thinking, and Sean, you mentioned this, who, who, what's the object, what's the, what's the, the motivating drive and the, and who gets the credit for the type of love that I'm showing, you know, who am I loyal to? And so I love that in this passage, or in, I'm looking at the notes here from Nate's that, that we landed on desiring to please Jesus, like who we, who we, who we living for. So it is important significantly. Yeah, and it, awesome. and I would even lump those those last two headers together of like, really, ultimately, is is your desire to honor and love Jesus, and you know that they just kind of lumped together with that pattern of good fruit in your life, right? Because they're both natural responses. Is if you are in tune and you're in a healthy place with with your perspective of Jesus as your Savior, then those should both be just natural outpourings, right? You should want to love everyone else like Jesus loves you. And and the the fruit in your life should be just evident to everyone around you. What do you guys think about that? Yeah, I love it. It's 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 obvious, you know. Um, and that's the whole thing of of our calling card to the world is when people see us loving each other as brothers and sisters, whether it's because we've invited them to church and they're and they're watching us interact, or if it's you know, out, um, you know, at the, at the ballpark, like my son does little league, you guys know that. And so it's so fun, man. It's such a, it's such a community community vibe because the league that we have is like, they have their own compound and are complex. And so there's all these different fields and tons of different families and, and all that stuff. And, and so we'll, we, we've come to, to be friends with a lot of the families out there, but then some of the other families we already know because they go to a different church or our kids go to school together. And we we're like, we, we've discovered that he, we, we both follow Christ. And, and so we're out there loving each other and living in community and, you know, whatever the context is like the world should see us interact with each other and be like, Whoa, that's different. That's, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. um, like, you know, Charlie has talked about so, so many times, like, you know, he, he, the way that, our church family has come around him and Jude and Stella, you know, during this, this time of incredible loss, his neighbors see that, you know, I, I think about, I think about your, um, your mom and what she's dealing with right now, Jason. Um, I know that she's just, you know, incredible, an incredible amount of suffering right now. Yeah. Yeah. But are there people, you know, in her life, whether it's her, her coworkers from the library or, neighbors or, or unsaved family members, you know, roommate, whatever, when they see the the family of God really rally around her, it's a picture of, it's this calling card of love that looks a lot different than the world. Yeah. And the key, well, and the key, uh, I think is, is speaking that which we're loyal to. So, cause, cause I, I don't know, as, as you're saying that it's, you're right. It should look different and it should be sacrificial. Should but be the, the, the world is doing a better job in some ways of also emulating that kind of love, especially in this later culture. Now we've gotten into social justice. And so they're like, I want to love, I want to love, I want to sacrifice. I want to give my time. I want to do this. So it can all of a sudden, you know, when you love someone like in Charlie's situation or when you love my, my, my mom in terms of her and she battles this cancer, um, the world can also look into it and not see the connection to Christ, right? They can see like, oh, that's how we, we should love people that way too. You know, we, we want to love that way people. We want to sacrifice time and give, make, give money and give food. But if we're not saying the reason, like the, what's the motivating factor, it's not for self. It's not because we pity. It's because we've been touched by the love of Jesus Christ in a way that we, it, we, Christ's love compels us, uh, what Scripture says. We like, we're like, he is the reason we do all things. And so I think we need to be more vocal. We need about, to make that known. I do. I really yeah. do. Because I think it, there is times in certain pockets of culture and certain time periods in history when you can love in the way that manner that Jesus calls us to and practice that love with each other and he and people connect the dots. 
And then there's time periods in history and pockets of culture <laughs> that you love that way. And they just like, Oh, that's, that's cool. And they, you know, and they don't connect the dot unless yeah, you say, you make, this yeah, is why I'm doing this. Form, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, do you guys agree with that? Absolutely. Yeah, I do. I do. <laughs> and especially, or it's like case by case too. I feel like sometimes too, right? Yeah. And it's important to connect the dots because, sorry, Sean, I'm cutting you off, but the, the, you know, I'm, while you guys talk, I'm looking at first Corinthians 10, 13 says, do everything, um, 10, sorry, 10, 31 says, do everything for the glory of God. Colossians three seventeen is where we get that. Um, you know, uh, uh, it's, where is it? I'm trying to, let me, let me not do it from memory. Yeah. What, whatever you do, whether in word or in deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ while giving thanks to God, the father through him, this should be our motivating factor. And then Matthew five, um, let's see, let's go down to salt and light five, which is 13 through 16, but I'll just read 16. It says, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and give glory to your father in heaven. Well, they might see my good deeds and give glory to me. Right. Or they might oh, see my good, good deeds. and give, So unless I say something like right. at some point where, Hey, this is the reason I, I don't want to say, Hey, look at all my good deeds, right, right, but I right. want to say, Hey, if you notice my good deeds or you praise me for my good deeds, I want to, without it getting weird, I want to somehow connect it to God for you so that you can hear I, the reason I'm doing this is because of God. And because well, and also, of Jesus. We have I'm, to, we have to ask the spirit for discernment too, because we, we can't, I don't think we can, we should say it every single time. Like, like, you know, our neighbor is is in need. Uh, they they need us to to I don't know dog sit for them because they're going on vacation, or they um, they had a death in the family and they they you know we we go over there and, and cook them some food or whatever, right? Yeah. If every time I did something like that, I was like, hey, you know why I'm doing this, right? Right. It's right. because Jesus loves me, and I w- I'm loving you, and I want you to love Jesus. Right. You know, it gets tough. Yeah, you're we, like, you're we, like, I'm giving your dog dog water. Yeah. Uh, did you know that Jesus is living water? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> exactly. Hey, by, hey, by the way, um, I baked you this loaf of bread. It's, he says he's the bread of life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I think we have to we have to be kind of like we really got to ask God for discernment and, 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 and opportunity and favor and then, and then be bold and to walk in those things. Right. Right. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. and I think like yeah. part of that too, is just like go back, taking a step back. Cause I think it, it's like a dangerous rabbit hole. We can go down where we are baking bread so we can make bread puns with them or giving their dog water <laughs> so we can make water of life puns or whatever. And again, it's like, is your intention to, to, to do something with a motivation of being able to give them a spiel or do you just genuinely love them? You know? And I think people are pretty perceptive to that. And genuineness. You're talking about yeah, genuineness. authenticity, authenticity. Like we, we recently we talked about the idea of thankfulness towards people, giving gratitude to them, which the, the, the core question is there, well, do you see them as a gift from God? You know? And if you do, then like we, we have to entrust that the Holy spirit will guide us and help us to walk that line without coming across as like, as like a Jehovah's witness knocking on your door. Can I show you the book or whatever, you know? Yeah. <laughs> right. No, and it's really interesting too, and and obviously the the immediate context here is us loving each other, right, in the household of God, and then the world seeing that, and then being like, "Whoa, what's up?" And then we're making that connection, right? Um, but obviously, the implications uh, as we read through Jesus's commands to us and all throughout Scripture, there's that greater, uh, you know, call to to not only love you know, our brothers and sisters in the household of God, but to love the, our neighbors as well. Right. And that's, that's people outside of the the family of God. So super, super important to, to keep that in mind that it's all flowing from the same source. And if it, if it ever feels put on or, uh, you know, out of, out of compulsion, it's not going to be very effective. Um, yeah. You know, regardless of who we're, we're, we're aiming our loyal love to. And 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 if I can piggyback that, it also will drain you. It'll drain you if you if you're con- the 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 motivating factor for your love is for other people or for yourself or for other things. You're constantly you will constantly be disappointed because sometimes you'll knock out of the park and sometimes you won't. Some people notice, some people won't notice. Some people will be grateful, some people are ungrateful. But your Father in Heaven sees it all, and so if if you're you're going to be, you're going to have a supernatural energy to keep going 
when you're keeping that 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 loyal love connected to Jesus and God. And so that's important. Another quick thought, which just want to introduce as maybe a discussion point for whoever's listening with maybe your family or friends, or maybe you, you kind of research more about this because it's not, we don't have time on this podcast, but it's just, is also asking the Holy Spirit to guide you in all this. Like the Holy Spirit will reveal to you as we continue to practice listening to the inner voice of the Holy Spirit, um, when you should, this situation, it's fine to give an empathy, but this situation requires compassion. You need to act on this. And um, this this situation requires that you say something and you make a connection for the person and you point out the reason you're loving them. And in this situation, you don't say anything. You just continue to love them. Uh, you're not left to yourself when you're learning to practice um, the 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 discipline and of listening to the Holy Spirit and his guidance in those moments. And he will speak. And so that's a, that might be a discussion in the future, but anyway, that's thought. Great. Love that. Wow. Man, I feel pretty equipped to, to pour out some love y'all. Mm. <laughs> mm. I, yeah. And it's just so cool just to, just to, I mean, this podcast is all about beholding the glory of God in the face of Christ. And just to be reminded of this amazing love that God has for us, that it it's a covenant-keeping love, it's a it's a faithful love, it's a loyal love. And and as we think about that and as we experience that, make time to to let him love us, then it's gonna overflow into our relationships both inside the church and out in the world. So I feel definitely like inspired, charged up, and fired up. I just love you, man. Oh, I feel like I feel like both of you guys are very loyal to me. You, you know, through all my knuckleheadedness, you guys are. You guys have refreshed me and shown me compassion, and you have established a lot of patterns and reputations of being being loyal. So mm. I, I really, I really appreciate you guys a lot. We paid him to say that. We love you. Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, hey, man, just just spend even just 30 seconds thinking about your own life. You know, what does this look like in your your circle, you know, in your context? Is there someone you're intentionally loving, giving compassion to? Is there somebody that maybe you're in that like in between or someone who doesn't know Jesus and you've been caring for them, but you haven't connected the dots of, hey, I'm loving you because Jesus loved me. Maybe this is the week that the Holy Spirit will give you that boldness to, to connect those dots. If it really has to be through a water or bread pun, just send it. Just do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Full send. Full send. Mm-hmm. All right, guys, just a reminder, um, continue praying, please, for for India, for Israel, for our own nation. And again, through that context of how are we demonstrating peace and trust in life as Christians. Amen. Amen. All right, y'all. Thanks for joining us as always this week, and we will tune in with you next week. Bye. Peace. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe for future episodes of Behold. If you would like more information about Valley Bible Church, or if you'd like resources from this episode, go ahead and check out vbc.online forward slash behold. Catch you guys next week.